It is time for the Midlife Hockey Crisis Beer League Podcast, brought to you by WinningSynthetics.com, your one-stop for all things Amsoil, and TheHockeyArsenal.com. Now, here are your hosts, TJ Hollingsworth and Daniel Dave Dickerson. Take it away, boys. Right, uh, uh, I'm driving, so if you hear some scratch, I'll say that on the air. Okay, that's cool. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Welcome to another exciting, action-packed, fun-filled episode of Midlife Hockey Crisis, the Beer League Podcast. My name is TJ Hollingsworth, joined, as always, today via the phone from the Slapper Mobile, dangling <laughs> Dave Dickerson. Dave, what's up, bud? What's up, man? Yeah, I'm driving. Uh, got some studying to do today, so it's kind of cool. This is new for us. This is, the, uh, this is new for you and I not to do this together in the same room. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. for those of you that don't know, uh, Dave is an exceptionally busy guy. Not only does he play in uh, two different beer league hockey's uh, sessions, groups, whatever you want to call them, but he's also a full-time student, full-time dad, full-time husband. So, uh, what we have been finding is getting time to get, and not to mention we li- live on polar opposite sides of town. You're clear on the right. far east side of central Indiana, on the far west side. So getting together is proving to be uh, challenging as far as scheduling goes at best. So uh, we're, we're trying some, not some new technology, but just some new techniques and stuff for us. Uh, again, our goal is to bring you the absolute best content possible. And uh, what we were finding is it was getting harder and harder to get together in the same room to do that. So rather than try to rush things and bring you crap, uh, we're, we're going to give this a shot. So Dave, you are driving down the road so we can put everybody's uh, hands at ease. One, you are going hands-free, and two, you are at... Ten and two on the wheel, is that correct? Uh, kind of. It's a six feet, so it may be noon and like three thirty. Oh, okay. Four, well, four fifteen. I, I think ten and two <laughs> is actually nine and three with airbags now. I think that's been changed, but I don't know. Oh, good, good now. All right. Well, as you can probably hear, I've got the James Earl Jones voice going. This is CNN. Uh, recovering yeah, from you- yet? A, oh man, I got walloped. I played. Uh, I played last Wednesday night. Uh, woke up not feeling great, but it was kind of one of those, I ah, just get something to eat and get moving around, I'll be fine. And I thought, I'll just go sweat this thing out. Played, had a great time. Uh, played pretty good, I thought. And then woke up the next morning feeling like I'd been run over by, by a bus. So, right. Uh, I, and I think you mentioned, you. it's just, I don't think it's Kung Flu. I don't think we're suffering from that, but you were feeling a little puny too, weren't you? Yeah, I told uh, Brian today, a uh, guy we play with, that I'm seven shades of sh- stuff. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, the, so my stepson Nick has actually has flu B. So I I don't think that I have that. I've got something. It's going around. I work yeah. in public, you know. And I was just at the home show, so who knows? Oh my I gosh, you know, maybe it's Corona flu. <laughs> you know, I'm a Bud Light guy, <laughs> but I mean, whatever it takes. You know, Corona Bud Light. You throw a little yeah, lime in there, and you feel better. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, this week's episode is about ways uh, stick and puck we we talk about going to stick and puck all the time uh that is the ice hockey version of open gym and uh you know what we want to talk about today is just share some tips that we've found uh to help you better utilize that time uh to become a better player now i look at it as there's two different types of stick and pucks there's ones where you're just going out to hang with the boys and just have some fun uh and there's also the one where you're going to trying to make yourself a a better player a better skater you know a better hockey person overall i'm going to kind of focus on that because i if you need my advice on how to go out and have fun with your friends i'm I'm probably not the guy that can help you out so yeah there's there's support groups (laughs) yeah get a get a (laughs) and this isn't one of them no 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 uh (laughs) 
<laughs> that leads me to uh, to want to get into a whole conversation about chirping your teammates, but that'll be another show. Uh, show yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit uh, about stick and puck. Um, typically, Dave, stick and pucks are anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half, depending on where you skate. Right. Having right. said that, um, I have found the best thing to do is show up with some kind of a plan. I know uh, when I go to stick and puck, uh, a lot of times I'll be the only one on the ice, or there might be one other person. So I'm literally either have the whole rink to myself or I'll share half a rink with somebody. Um, I know what I like to do is I like to pick two or three different things that I'm going to work on that particular day. Um, how do you look at that? Uh, same thing, you know, I try to work on a couple of things. Like, for instance, we went today, and sadly you weren't there, you know, I hope you feel better. But, uh, yeah, we uh, we started working on passes, outlet passes, and kind of skating around the goalie, just a couple of drills. Um, you know, eventually it led into a game, which is kind of fun. But just that, come with some sort of structure. You know, today we wanted to work on passing. That was the sole purpose of all of us going. Uh, we had a goalie show up, so That's Ron, helpful. Uh, we call him Butter, you know, he showed up as a – as a goalie today, so he had to play. That's and huge. Had to play a little bit. That's huge having a goalie because typically to stick and puck you won't. At least here in, in Central Indiana, that's a rarity. So you certainly, if you show up, you do have the opportunity to work with a goaltender. I would say be flexible on your plans because that'll be something you want to take advantage of. Um, I know when I right. go, one of the things I think that you need to work on this, and this is every time you step on the ice. I don't care if you're going to a public skate or you're going to a stick and puck. You always need to warm up and take that opportunity to work on skating uh, more particular edge work. Um, without a right. doubt, and I, I did play last night uh, at some ungodly late hour, which is why I was slow getting out of bed this morning. Um, <laughs> what I have found is, and again, I think we, you can go back and hear this on a dozen different shows we've done. If you can't skate, the rest of your skill set is irrelevant. It's invisible. It doesn't matter. You have to have the ability to skate. Saw this with the group I was playing with last night. We got a brand new player who uh, is from Louisiana, uh, a Louisiana transplant in the last couple of months. Uh, start signed. In fact, he'd signed up for adult hockey for the first time in his life while he's down there and then got transferred up here to, uh, uh, to the Indianapolis area. And he just doesn't skate very well. And uh, without a doubt, and I'm not going to get into what drills to do because there's YouTube for that. But, uh, I mean, edge work is everything. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. That's how that's how you start. That's how you stop. I mean, literally start stop. But I mean, if you if you can't skate, if you can't turn, if you can't start stop, it's it's pretty tough because that's all you're going to be thinking about the entire time. Forget using a stick and shooting anything like that. Yeah, exactly. And I think if you go back and you really pay attention to what's going on, uh, the game changes direction so frequently that if you cannot make a tight left hand, a tight right hand turn, and stop. Uh, you know, within a few feet of where you're you're trying to stop, uh, you're in for not only is it going to be a, a very uneventful experience, but you're going to be spending so much time moving your body one direction or the other. You're going to exhaust yourself without really being involved in the game. Right, and it won't be very fun, too. If you're having such a problem skating, if you can't start, can't stop, can't turn, you're missing plays, you know, it, it's one thing to upset your teammates, which is, you know, it's part of the game, but for, for the, the new player coming in, like, if you can't do that kind of stuff, it's just not very fun for you. Right, I, I felt bad for a guy, The uh, we, again, he, he he's what we call a bender, meaning his ankles are bent. He's very, very poor <laughs> skater. And about halfway through that second period, he was so exhausted just and we were doing short shifts. We had a full bench. I mean, it was it was a really pleasant playing experience, except for him. Absolutely exhausted just from trying to skate and all the extra energy he was putting out trying to turn, trying to stop, and do all these things that that once you can do it, it really cuts down on the amount of moving you have to do. Um, and, and he was just absolutely miserable. I felt really bad for him. 
yeah, that sucks, uh, you know, for those guys that come out and do that. Because it's not very fun for them, but that that is the thing. You you just wipe yourself out. It's not a lot of fun. Um, I had a point, but then somebody cut me off in traffic. So hey, I, you know, that's going to happen. I'm, I had a good point. When it comes back, just pop right back in. Uh, right. The next thing I say, and this, this is very hard for a lot of folks, resist the temptation to just stand there and blast shots into an open net. Um, again, if you're just out there, hey, I just want to come out and get a little exercise, go out there and whack away. But I can tell you from firsthand experience, getting real good at shooting into an open net, uh, in my opinion, makes you very good at nothing more than warming up the goaltender during the game. Yeah, he knows where his pads are. He, Yeah, right. It, he doesn't need a reminder that they're right in the middle of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm afraid that, you know, unless you're making a conscious effort to aim upper corner, lower corner, five hole or whatever, uh, you know, you see an open net, your brain just kind of automatically zooms in the center of it. And, uh, you know, you can put a, a, an orangutan in goal with pads on and stand in the middle of the uh, of the net. And they're going to block most things if that's where you're shooting it. And, again, it's also it's just how often, Dave, in, in your playing career, have you had a shot at a wide open net during a game? Uh Three times. That's it. <laughs> in all the games I've ever played, three times. Yeah, it's just it's just uh, not a realistic thing to, to expect. Um, you know, and the other and that kind of goes along with with the next point I'm making. I'm going to say that you work on shots you're going to take during a game. Um, this is most likely not going to be a slap shot from the blue line. Yeah, it's fun. It sounds cool. There's nothing cooler than blasting a slap shot in an empty ice ring. The echo, the sound it makes, uh, it's great. It's ego boosting. However, in your beer league games. They, tell me if I'm wrong here, but it's been my experience anyway that most of the shots that you end up taking are from 12 feet from the goal or less, probably even a lot less than that. Right, and I don't. I think I've done a couple of slash shots, and hell, I got called for two of them. You know, right. the ways, but unrealistic. You know, you're not going to rip a giant one uh, half across the ice. You're not going to throw it into an empty net. Right. I mean, little. That well, that's what I, kind of what I was going to say too earlier is work on your stiff handling, work on skating quick to the net, you know, skating around quick releases because that's that's your realistic shot. You exactly. know, and if you're flipping them to the net, great. Uh, look for those rebounds, slap it across the uh, the back of the wall, and look for a rebound because those are more risk- realistic than anything else. Absolutely, and I had a uh, for instance last night. Uh, you, you hit a great point, Dave, of setting up. You know, you can take extra pucks and, and create obstacles to skate around as if they were, you know, defensive players. Uh, a lot right. of rinks will have things like old go-kart tires that are they're available to you. You got me set in the ice, and you simply treat them as that is an obstacle that I need to skate to the left of or to the right of. Because, again, very rarely are you going to have a straight shot into the net. Um, I had a situation last night uh, where uh, – was able to, we were put applying a four check and I was able to block a pass off of my skate. It bounced forward and couldn't quite get it with a stick. So I kicked it again. Well, it kind of goes from my, my left side out to the far reach of my right side. Well, by the time I got the stick on it, I was, you know, I was point where if I don't shoot now, I got to go around. So I had to give it a reach. And, you know, if I'd been able to stop, line the puck up just nice, I could have taken a beautiful shot. However, uh, you know, you get two people bearing down on the back, a guy coming in from the left. You know, you're not always going to be lined up in that perfect position. So you need to be able to, uh, you know, how to adjust, how to adjust your body, how to adjust your shot. Okay, either if I want to take a shot, uh, I, I knew it probably wasn't going to go in, but I also knew I had two teammates trailing in behind. I wanted to give them an opportunity for a rebound. But that was, again, I was able to make that determination because I practiced enough to where, okay, what do you do when you have to shoot when the puck is maybe a little bit out of your, you know, your power zone uh, when right. you're making a shot? And, again, that all just comes from, from having practiced it, stick and puck. It wasn't a huge 
Uh, it, it was it wasn't something I never experienced before. Neither was kicking the puck. Again, there's there's something else you can work on very easily by yourself at stick and puck is just how to kick the puck forward up to where you can get to your stick. Yeah, I use that a lot. Like I, at you have first, to. I was always mesmerized by those those guys that could kick it or whatever, you know. But I'm starting to use that a lot. So you're coming around the boards and the puck sticking there, and you you're not going to always get it if you want to stay with momentum. Yeah, you you kind of poke the stick. You're going to miss it. Scooping that scooping that stick or uh, scooping that skate to grab that puck just to shift it ahead. I mean, hell, I've used that more times than anything. That's something great to practice. Yes, is just throw throw a few pucks across the board uh, and skate around the rim of the board and try to try to get those pucks because you know those pucks sticking in the corner. You know, they're at the ice next to the board. That happens more than anything. It does, and it looks like it's pretty easy pickings until you go in there and your stick's not on the ice and you're not rubbing your stick up against the board. Uh, it is super easy to miss those. Super easy to miss yeah. those. I've got a great video of me skating right over the top of one. I had a great chance. I've been practicing wraparounds all week, and there's this puck, and there's nobody within 20 feet. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go, and skate it up. Got my stick on the ice, and just then I took one last look to make sure nobody's bearing down on me. And as I did that, as my head turned, stick came up about two inches, which was more than enough to skate right over the top of the puck. <laughs> of course, everybody sees it. Everybody saw it because there wasn't anybody to set a pick for me. Oh right, uh, yeah. Well, and even even center ice. I think uh, we're you know we were skating today, and uh, I had a couple. I, we were skating with Travis. Travis, a fan of the show, he listens. You know, where the puck gets stuck underneath you, and sometimes you just can't get that angle. That right. stick is giant, it's to sixty inches. You know, you, you just can't angle that thing. So sweeping that out underneath you is a hell of a way to get you know kind of moving. Right, it's something we we do. I I started a, a few months ago. Uh, Volunteer coaching with the uh, Central Indiana. It's the Indianapolis Youth Hockey Association slash Junior Fuel Learn to Play program. And one of the uh, one of the things we do is uh, we play soccer with the kids on the ice. We have a station set up where it's a, a heavily deflated soccer ball, but they actually set the sticks down and they play soccer on the ice with the whole idea of getting them comfortable with the the thought process of using your feet. Uh, when, you know, especially when the puck comes in from behind that you don't see, mm-hmm. or if you're playing defense. And uh, you see somebody's trying to make a pass, and you're reaching out. And, well, it bounces off somebody else. And rather than coming for your stick now, it's coming right at your feet. Uh, you, you, right. If you want to be successful and make a play out of that, you better be comfortable with picking one foot up while you're skating uh, and being able to lift it up high enough that you're not dragging that skate across the ice but also not too high to where you're missing the puck. And, you know, that's a great way to do it. Just put your stick down and just, you know, do a lap around the ice just kicking the puck around with your feet. Nice yeah, and that's slow. a hell of a drill too. Yeah, nice uh, you see slow. all the NHL guys. The, mm-hmm. I see the guys in the fuel before they practice. They're sitting in the corner, you know, kicking the ball up and down. Yeah, you, you absolutely have to, and you can jump right on the ice and do the same thing with a puck. Uh, again, great warm up. Uh, gets you. It it also helps you disconnect your brain from your feet as far as skating. You're now focused on the puck, mm-hmm. and your feet are just kind of putting themselves where they need to be. Uh, just another way for you to, you know, to get uh, much better at your skating. Uh, and this right. this kind of ties in with some of the other stuff we do too. Um, Working on technique, yeah, there's nothing wrong with setting up with a pile of pucks, pulling in, you know, you take your snapshot, you take your wrist shot. But at some point, uh, you're going to realize that rarely are you ever going to shoot on goal while you're standing still. So you have to get good at uh, being able to move with the puck, stick handle it, and also get in a position to where, you know, you can take a quality shot with it. And, and again, you know, shooting while moving. Uh, I'll do a part of my warm-up. I'll do, uh, I, I'll do like six stations, and I'll shoot. You know, I do left side, center, and right side, and I'll do, uh, you know, snapper, or, you know, I'll do uh, snapshots from each position. 
eight or ten pucks. Uh, then I'll then come back, do the same thing with wrist shots, and then I'll move back a few feet. And this also helps me gauge and work on improving my range uh, with the accuracy. So these are great while standing still, but then I also come back and make sure that I'm taking all the same shots at the same angles while moving, while skating around an obstacle or two. Yeah, that's a great drill. We had so Jeff, who skates with us, you know Jeff, he yep. skates uh, a couple times a week with us uh, at Stick and Pucks and Fishers. But yeah, he he'll do that. He showed me how to do that. How <clears throat> set up a bunch of pucks around around the crease, set a bunch around mm-hmm. the, the red dot, the left, the right, you know, and do quick releases because that's kind of reality of the game. Is you're not going to get, you know, you're skating down. There's some fast breaks, or you're going to have sticks coming at you, guys coming at you, chopping at you. Yeah, quick release is is about half the time you're the only way you're going to get a shot off. I'm going to throw a little game craft into this too here a little bit because one of the things I noticed uh, last night with the uh, with a group we're playing with again a couple of uh, we've got quite a few experienced players uh, which is great I think the the pace of the game we play on, a, on during the week at Fishers is a, is a little faster than what we play in Carmel on Sundays right. which is nice yeah. uh, no shot is a bad shot. And I say that, uh, I don't know how many times we had guys that were in traffic in front of the net and they look up and they'd see two or three defenders, so they try to pass. Which, um, you know, if you're a, at a level to where you can send a 40-mile-an-hour pass, squeeze it in a hole eight inches wide between skates, go for it. However, uh, <laughs> passes at the, at, the, at the adult league, beer league level, the D league level in particular, tend to be very slow and lazy. You are far better off ripping the puck as hard as you can is it going to get to the goal probably not it's probably going to bounce off two or three skates but at that point it is as good as a pass because at least you're sending it towards the goal and when that thing starts bouncing around you don't know where it's going to end up worst case scenario it bounces out one of your other teammates you know gets a chance to take a rebound shot every once in a while those will squirt in problem solved yeah i think we've both we both always said that is no no shots of bad shots. I mean, we have bad shots once in a while. Come on. But, yeah, no no shots of bad shots because you get that rebound chance. You know, The worst thing is you do a cross-ice pass and it's a rock in seven miles an hour. Someone <laughs> takes it and you're done. You know, I, I, every time I'd rather you fling that, whether it's a strong sh- shot or a, a weak shot, trying to hit that goalie. Like, it, at least it's going in the right direction. Right, right. Yeah, they, my, my pet peeve, again, at the level we play at are the guys that pass backwards. Um, oh jeez! Yeah. You you have to be a very very good passer to pull that off. Not to mention the person you're passing to has to be able to catch a pass, which I'm sure you saw in your drills today. Not everybody can do. It's not. It's much yeah. more difficult than it sounds. And they also have to be somebody that's very good at distributing the puck after they get it. So <laughs> yeah, hitting a moving target. Jeez, I mean. Uh- Sorry about Travis that, gang. Test of that today. Him and I. He was. We were doing some some passes. I was on one dot. He was on right. the other. And. Jesus, I couldn't get him a pass. From, I was five feet to the left, five feet to the right. And so our butter, our goalie's kind of, Dave, you got to get to the stick where, where the tape is. And I'm, <laughs> you know, imagine in a game setting, you panic setting in, guys coming and attack you, Travis is skating in, I'm skating in. You know, that's just not a reality. It's the stopping and standing there and flinging a, right. you know, an, an easy direct pass. you, you got to sink on your feet. Hey, I mean, and usually this is about fast. the time you see somebody that gets struck with a case of the, anal- the paralysis of analysis. <laughs> They look up, they're trying to figure out what to do, so they do nothing, and then somebody just comes and picks a puck from them. So when in doubt, rip right. it to the net, but that's that's a whole other game, so I kind of got a mm-hmm. sidestrack there. The, and probably the last thing I'll have to say on, on any of this here is uh, if you have the ability, meaning there's stuff laying around there at the rink, put some obstacles in the goal to simulate a goaltender. Again, and this goes back, and this is something that I wish I would have thought of slash somebody would have told me a year ago, 
as I was starting to work on things, you know, shooting at an open goal, uh, you know, three or four months at a time. If we didn't have goaltenders, I would be, you know, I, I would be fantastic. Uh, uh, I'd be awesome too, man. Damn. I got three shots last night. Uh, three of all three of them were right in the goaltender's chest. Yeah, I find the pads a lot too. It's yeah. So it, it and again, it, it was one of those uh, situations. Had I spent some more time, and it, it's something I definitely work on now for sure. Uh, spent more time uh, learning to pick particular corners of the goal to shoot at. Eh, maybe the results would have been different, but at least I'd be giving myself a better chance. And again, this is all about what do you do to make yourself better. I, you know, that that would be one of the things I would say is utmost important. If you can't. Uh, if you can't, like Dave, when we go, I mean, shoot, there's tire, there's truck tires laying out, all kinds of pads oh. and barricades. You bent one up one time; it was hysterical. It was a truck tire. <laughs> uh, you bent a uh, just a, a foam board around it, and it it looked like a freaking goaltender standing in the goal. It was hysterical, but it was great. It, you had a little bit yeah. of a five hole, uh, and you had uh, over the goaltender's shoulders and, and a couple of small spots under the you know would be like kind of under the armpit. It was great. It was it was perfect. Yeah, it was pretty unforgiving, too. I mean, it was more realistic. Yeah, it was. I, you know, sometimes we'll turn the, the net around backwards, but that forces you to do a top shelf right. every time. Or if they, yeah, have, or they have the junior nets, too. Those are great. The junior size nets are fantastic for that. You turn them in backwards and roll them right oh, in. Yeah. And you got about you got about a six-inch uh, crease up the sides, you know, up the sides that would you know, run up to, to the, uh, the horizontal post. And you got about eight inches across the top. So it definitely... Uh, goes a long way in simulating a body, a full body, and pads in there for sure. It's nice to work on aim too, you yeah. Because during a real game, you you top shelf something like that, it's it's likely to go in exactly. And, and again, it's it's real easy to do when you're standing there. Uh, you're not skating. You don't have people bearing down on you. So to get to where your your brain starts processing that information faster, and the only way that's going to happen is just by getting the reps. Now, here's what I can tell you: I can hear some people saying already, "Hey, I'm playing you know two or three times a week. I don't really need time to practice." Well. Let me tell you about that. Uh, I have been, between being under the weather and busy with finishing up construction of our uh, the Highlanders indoor training facility, um, I have not got to do a lot of stick and pucks in the last three weeks. Therefore, I have not got to practice a lot. During the game, you know, let's, let's say I want to work on, you know, on my, uh, my wrist shot and trying to get that, you know, uh, 8 to 10 inches off the ice. Uh, last night, I didn't have an opportunity to take a wrist shot. Yeah, I played for an hour. I didn't get to practice on anything because the opportunity didn't prevent it or present itself during the game. Practice is absolutely critical. You have been listening to the Midlife Hockey Crisis podcast. We'll see you next period.